Hey guys, welcome back to a bite of D&D, the podcast that adds flavor to your games and campaigns. I am Zach, and across the internet is my co-host Micah. How's it going, guys? And today we are going to be talking about session prep, just going over our thoughts for how an individual session should be prepared for within a campaign adventure or the like. So we're going to be touching a lot of different instances here, I think, and I think we'll have two different opinions, and we still probably won't cover all the possibilities. But Micah, why don't you start us off with just kind of giving us an overview of what's your mindset going into prepping for a session? So I think my mindset is possibly on the side of I don't always prep enough, Mm. but in my mind, less is more in many respects. I know we're going to try and mainly hit on session prep. I think there will be some bleed over into like campaign prep as a whole. Sure. Because I think in a, a lot of aspects, having a good idea for the campaign then makes it easier to prep a little bit more lightly for each session. But what I mean by less is more is I don't try to plan out every move that my players are going to make. No story, no campaign, no session survives getting into the hands of your players, at least in my experience, about no matter what you do. So I I think the most important things you can do is know who your key NPCs in the area are or have a backlog of interesting NPC ideas that you can sprinkle in as needed. If they say, hey, I wanna talk to a person in this shop or something. And then instead of trying to come up with something on the fly, you already knew, well, I had this interesting guy I was already thinking of, this weird woman I was already thinking of, these crazy creatures I was already thinking of. And you can just toss those into whatever situation they're like, hey, I'm gonna go do this. So have a list of some NPCs, Um, have maybe one or two planned encounters that you can just drop wherever you need them. And you can have a planned spot. You think the encounter will happen here. But if it doesn't and your players do a 180 and go in a completely different direction, you can still drop that encounter somewhere else. Right. So don't try to plan necessarily the exact room or the exact situation that's going to come up, but have an encounter, maybe a couple encounters ready to go that you can drop in when you need it. Uh, Sometimes I use encounters as a pump the brakes. I was not prepared for them to do something (laughs) this crazy. Encounters eat up a bunch of time. Boom. They had fun fighting something and they don't know that I wasn't ready for them to go do whatever it was they planned to do. So I think encounters can be used as a very useful as long as it's relevant to the story, you don't want to, to do that all the time. But you can definitely throw in encounters to kind of slow things down so that you can start mentally preparing for, okay, they're going this way. What can I do over here? Right. So, Mike, so I have some questions for you. And, and I'll maybe follow up with my answer. I, I think this is going to end up being a, one of our longer episodes uh, just by the feel already. But talk to me, like, how... Do you, I assume that you at least jot down a few notes. Like, if someone were to look at your notes for a session or look at your prep for a session without talking to you, what would they see? I don't want to openly admit this on the podcast like this, but nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so when we first started my campaign, I had notes for everything. And I do st- 
nothing isn't exactly correct. I do actually make a few notes. I have a note made for interesting tavern names that I haven't already used. I have a list of random names I've already run through, a generator or whatever that I like that I can plug in if I need names because I'm terrible at coming up with those on the spot. Um, I have notes on my individual players for what their behaviors and goals and stuff have kind of been like and then what they seem to gravitate towards and what they like out of sessions. So I have some notes written down about my individual players. But as far as my notes for my game, there's actually very few at this point. I spend a lot of time thinking about it. And again, don't do this. But when I was in school writing papers, I did a lot of the same thing. I would write nothing for the first six days that we had the assignment. And then on the seventh day that it was due, I had spent so much time thinking about it that I would just write from start to finish and call it good. Not saying that's a good way to do things, but I, I keep all my notes stored mentally. And mm -hmm. then the things that I'm worried I may forget or my players have made into a relevant plot point because I may have not planned for that. Uh, I've got an NPC that's now a recurring kind of like side villain in the campaign that was supposed to be a throwaway NPC and that the players latched onto. So now I have some notes in for him for what I can do with them. But for the most part, it's pretty light. I have an idea for where everyone is heading in the story. I have some notes for like room description. Okay. So I guess I have some notes. I have, I have <laughs> notes for some room descriptions because I'm terrible at trying to come up with things on the fly all the time. I feel like if you try to come up with room descriptions on the fly, you're either a grizzled veteran of, you know, 10 plus years, or you start repeating a lot of the same things again, because it, it's an easy trap to fall into. So I do write out some notes for individual rooms so I can give some descriptions of places. So but otherwise it's, it's very light. I, I really just improv most of what happens based on how, my players engage with what I had set. So that's interesting. So it sounds like on, on your end, prep is mainly in the mind and then it, uh, some of it bleeds over, but more of the things that bleed over are not session notes, but just notes on other things that help influence each individual session. At, at yeah. And this times. is, this is why I say it's going to bleed into campaign prep a little bit because my overarching story, I know what that's supposed to be. So I base my prep for each session in the direction that the players have headed and how they have reacted to NPCs and situations and the like. And I also plan in chunks. Right. So I will prep out a dungeon and I will prep out what puzzles and things I want in there ahead of time. And then... After that, I sort of just let whatever happens happen, mm -hmm. and I kind of go with the flow. The nice thing is, if you've prepped a dungeon and your players don't go to that dungeon... You can just move it. You can just move the dungeon, or move pieces of the dungeon that you can use somewhere else. So if you had a puzzle you were planning to use in your dungeon, and they skip over it, or they go do something else, and you need something for them to do, you can re-implement that puzzle... Depending on how you have it set up. But that's why I, I like to prep in chunks. So I have a bunch of content that I can move around if I need to. Yeah. And then I just move it to where it needs to go. So I don't try to focus on every decision I think the party is going to make. I just have cool ideas. I have some puzzles. I have some encounters. I have some NPCs. 
And then I just react to what my players do and sprinkle those in as I see fit. Cool. Um, let's see. On my end, and I know that I have as much thought into it as you do, I typically have a page of notes. Most of the time, that page is handwritten every once in a while. I'll sit down and type it out. But I typically have a page of notes, and typically those notes are more bullet points. And uh, a lot of times it'll be scenes, so it'll say, like, this scene cave fight and then it'll say like interaction with so-and-so and then it'll say searching for clues or whatever and i know what those things mean but it's kind of loose from there the only other thing that i do heavily and and a lot of what i run is from adventures or from campaign books so i will read those and think about think about what i want to change and also how i think it would go if i didn't change anything but i'll i'll typically i'll sit there and i'll say what do I want to modify? What do I want to improvise from this? What kind of flavor that do I like that I want to inject into this? And a lot of times what that flavor comes from is the monsters and NPCs that I'm putting into the game. So most of the time I'll play the adventure through or the module through, the campaign through, largely as it's intended, but I probably will come through and be like, all right, I don't want these to be orcs. I want them to be demons or whatever uh, i don't want these to be giants i want them to be ettons and so i'll rewrite that section of it or reintroduce those and a big part of that then for my prep is looking up those monsters and the monster manual or wherever they're found and looking at their stat blocks looking at their abilities and trying to be prepared to run that fight ahead of time especially since we play online most of the time Knowing what your what my monsters are capable of before we get in allows me to more quickly say this is what this one does as opposed to trying to read that text in the moment. So I do do a lot of that. That's that's probably the bulk of my like sit down work is sitting down and saying what are the monsters like, what are their stats, and then finally the other thing that I do a lot of, and if I have a page of notes, probably half of that page is possible dialogue giving my npcs lines and my monsters lines that i think make them a little more interesting there's nothing like i'm comfortable with creating a an npc on the fly to some extent or to fleshing it out a little bit on the fly what i'm not as comfortable with is on the fly creating unique dialogue and so you i may not use the exact lines but i will likely have an understanding for what that character might say if i jot down this it might say this it might say this it might say this and it, it seems to work dialogue i think is actually the one thing that i stay the furthest away from so at the start of my campaign i had typed out a few monologues for what my characters would say and i i did a little bit more of that but that's that is what i now stay away from the most because if the players come at it from a different angle than I thought, or they ask weird questions that I haven't thought of, if I have notes written down for what I had planned to say, I, for me, it is personally harder to improvise what they would say in reaction to that if I was already set on, right, this is what they would say. So, like, I guess in my notes, I would have written down just the the kind of voice, like, the the motivations and the weird social quirks 
that my NPC would have. And then from there, I just put myself in those shoes and I, I try to talk as them. Yeah, and most of my dialogue lines are introductory. You know, what does this character or this creature say as you approach? Or their end, like, end lines. Like, what does this creature say if it's on its last leg and it's still in the fight? Like, you know, if you know the beginning and the end, you can fill in the middle a whole lot easier. Making a dialogue tree is a fool's errand, I think. Well, I think you can have a lot of good conversation based around just a couple key points for an NPC. So for instance, when your warlock was still alive and you had your closet familiar, his motivations were not dying and he wants to be paid for his help, even if he is kind of dumb in how he accepts his payment, storing his valuables in your bag because it's the safest place for him to put it. So you give him a gold that he then gives right back to you, essentially. But he has a clear motivation for how he helps and interacts with the party and his skin above all else. And so he's just kind of a smarmy little asshole who ultimately does what's asked of him because he knows he'll, he'll be rewarded for it. Or I had Cresty the innkeeper, his cousin Rusty, the peddler of fine ales but he ran a bar and he embellished stories and i only found out that he embellished stories because i told the story of how he had his he lost his eye and when my players asked me what happened i did not remember the exact story so i made it up again realized i probably went a little bit overboard and so his thing became every time he told the story about his eye he embellished it further and it became more grandiose and obnoxious yeah and i like those quirks that come out through interactions with your players, I think those are the best. The best NPCs are those that come out naturally, in my mind. So another thing on my list of progress here is I have an endpoint in mind. Now, that does not mean I know everything about that end, but if I know how you're starting the session and I know it's going to last two and a half hours or three and a half hours... I have an idea for where you might end up and what a good bookmark would be. What Do you have something like that, or do you just kind of see where it goes? And No, it... I definitely have an idea for the endpoint. I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I kind of use combats in a way to make sure that I can try and hit what I think my endpoint was. So I knew at the end of my last session I wanted everyone to come up out of the stairs and we were going to end with the necromancer very pleased with them finishing up his little errand for them because I knew it would set everyone on edge and they would all be worried about what they just did. And for the last two weeks, people have been stressing about (laughs) what they just finished up with at the end of last session. So I knew I wanted to end there. I added in a couple things just to, kind of space out the time so we would be coming up to that point about when we would normally end the session. So I use things like combat or I'll kind of force some more role play or I'll I'll do a not really an info dump, but I will kind of lead them in dialogue with NPCs so they can kind of pull out some information. And I use that to to help time when it is I'm trying to get stuff done. But I do typically go into a session knowing about where I think the group will make it and how much I think they can get done. 
And then I just kind of tweak some things to try and make it end or wrap up around that plot point or that time frame. Gotcha. So one thing that I wondered in my notes here, something that might be of benefit to the average player who maybe is comfortable with how they prep for a session, but is looking for some gold nuggets, something that they can take away and use in their own setup. You know, maybe they're people that there's people out there that like to write five pages or there's people out there that like to build elaborate encounters and have the table all set up and ready to go, the grid or whatnot when the players get there. There's all sorts of different ways to prep for an adventure. So my my thing would be I have a few, a couple things written down, two or three things that I think you could take and just implement into whatever style you're using to make each session a little bit more enjoyable or a little bit more interesting or a little bit easier on you. So if you want, I can start with one that, that'll give you some time to maybe think about exactly what you might. No, you actually brought up a good point with that as far as setting minis and things at the beginning. Uh-huh. And I feel like I should say for me, part of the reason I feel like I can get away with less prep is... I do run everything through Fantasy Grounds. It makes it super convenient. Hey, plug for Fantasy Grounds. Um, we're not sponsored, but I do like the service. I have the ultimate license. lets all my, my players play for free, essentially. They do have very easy ways to build encounters, to build loot tables and stuff. So I can have a bunch of stuff prepped way ahead of time that I can just drag and drop into my game. I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about having all my minis and stuff made because I already have a bunch of buckets made for different encounters that I know I want to do at some point. And then when I get to a point where I think it's useful, I can just dump it in. So I don't have to spend as much time getting things ready. All of you that play with physical minis and you go all out, I've seen some fantastic builds for homemade sets or using some of the the various physical sets that are out there of people that have built these elaborate dungeons for their players. First of all, hats off, kudos to you. That takes a ton of extra time and prep work to get done. For me, it's super easy. I It's digital. I drag and drop, and I'm, I'm done. So part of me being able to say that I don't have to do a ton of prep comes from just having very good digital tools that I can utilize that takes a lot of the burden off of my back. So I will tie into that with one of my points, which is getting some good visuals going. So this heavily applies to those of you who are streaming but i find that i can spend five minutes of prep finding images online or jotting down good descriptions for rooms or for monsters or for npcs and that's the best time that i can use in prepping for a game so if you're going to run monsters and you're online go pull if you're not running through fantasy grounds or something which is super handy but go pull those monsters images offline have them ready to go so you can just drop them in if you have an npc go find a picture of that npc that something that represents that drop it in it's helpful to the players it's helpful for you i think that's my number that's my first one is just you can never underestimate the value of a good visual to get the players in the mindset of the game so that would be number one and i think most people do that but if you're not doing it I think you can use five minutes and and feel good about it. My next one would be steal and steal often. And I don't necessarily mean truly like pirating something like a PDF or something, but I do mean don't put the burden of creating a full adventure or a full session or a full encounter on yourself. There is a million tools out there 
for you to build things quickly and efficiently that are great and that can fit within your world with minor tweakings. I find it very rare that I have to figure out what the next session or the next group of sessions are going to be on my own. I just say, ooh, I remember this adventure, or I remember this little one-shot, or I remember this section of a campaign. I think that would work really well here. Let's just I, put that in. And I agree. I have yet to pull a pre-made adventure into my world. And not that I haven't thought about it, but as of right now, I just haven't found anything that fits with how our current campaign is running. And I'm, I'm pretty comfortable getting things ready. But what I do do is I find far better maps that other people have made than what I can put together. And I utilize maps for dungeons. And I'm like, all right, this kind of fits the vibe of what I'm going for this session. This is what I feel like would fill that space pretty well. And then I just plugged all the things I had prepped into a map that was already finished and made. Maps can be the biggest time expense to build out, and you can find a million of them excellent resources. There's a lot of people that are dropping free maps, you know, all over Facebook groups or anywhere online. You can find a ton of free maps. You can find map generators, which, again, save a ton of time. But, yeah, just steal. My my recommendation would be steal and steal often. Don't try to create everything whole cloth. And the DMs Guild is a great resource. You can get some very good adventures. Oh, it yeah. can be hit or miss, but you can get some pretty quality adventures for pretty cheap through DMs Guild. If you're really strapped for cash, some of them are even pay what you want. If you can't afford it right now, maybe you pick it up for free and down the road, if you really enjoyed it and your players got kicked out of it, maybe you put in a, a buck or two to help them out. But There's a lot of good resources on there that you can dig through that make prep time much quicker than if you had to build everything from the ground up. Yeah. My last one, and hopefully this one helps. I don't see this one bandied about too much online, so hopefully it's something new that maybe you can walk away with, which is pick a player or two and prep something specifically for them within that session. Make something happen that directly pertains to their character. Have that planned. And it makes, I believe, it makes the session twice as good, not just for that character, but for all the characters to see what happens to that. Because I believe that your players care more about their characters and their friends' characters than they care about anything else within the game. That is true. Your players at your table care more about their characters, and when I say their characters, I mean the group's characters, everyone that they're adventuring with, than the story you have planned. And I think what I would... So here's, here's, I guess, a couple of examples with that. Have NPCs that take notice of a specific character and whether they tag along with that character or they have uh, beef with that character, I think something like that. I think giving the group an item that you think would be of extreme interest to a certain character. It doesn't have to be a magic item. It can be anything. But create that thing that gets people excited. I, a good example of this that most of a lot of you will be familiar with is in Season 2 of Critical Role, which I don't think it was perfect, but you know they had the, um, the pet salesman in that one episode early on and you could just tell that the group loved it and it was made for certain characters certain players within the group had a lot of fun with that and so i would say you know creating those those things and focus on one or two and the next session focus on a different one or two and the next session just keep it rotating what that also does is it makes you 
as the DM pay attention to each character within a few sessions time. You're giving them that moment and the spotlight. And there's some people, some characters that naturally wouldn't get that moment. So you're encouraging them to take center stage. I want to kind of wrap things up. We're getting decent amount over our normal time here, but I feel like this episode has been particularly maybe a little bit more rambly since we we tend to discuss things more and we don't fully bullet out all of our lists. So I kind of want to go back through my main things for what I think make good prep, what you can do for good notes. And I think you really hit the nail on the head is have visual descriptions. Even if that's not a picture, being able to paint a picture with words helps out a lot, helps keep people more engaged. So find descriptions for your your rooms, your NPCs, and your monsters. I think those are the biggest thing to help draw them in. Yep. Have key characteristics for your NPCs, ideals or goals that those NPCs have, because then even if you are caught unaware by how your players react with them, you know how that NPC would react based on what their motivations are. So don't necessarily do a a whole branching dialogue, but have motivations for your key NPCs. You don't need them for everything. I would not make a village full of NPCs like that, but your key NPCs have motivations, have a couple quirks, know how they would react in situations, and then just kind of let it fly. And then finally, I would say, just have a general idea of where you want the story to go. If you have a few of those sessions prepped ahead of time, a few uh, small encounters, like I said, you can use those to space things out. You can use those to help guide the session and the time frame or the direction that you want. And then you can just move those in whatever direction that your players go to. And as long as you know, again, you have some descriptions, you have some key ideas, and you have a couple encounters ready to go, you can pretty much get away with, with anything, in my opinion. Is that pretty good as far as covering prepping for sessions? I think that's all I've got. Feel free to holler at us if you have your own methods or you think we left something out that you feel is important. Let us know what you think. Yeah, let's see. I'm going to cover a couple other things before we wrap up here. First off, we are going to be at Game Hole Con. It's November 8th through 11th in Madison, Wisconsin. We'd love to see you there. We will be running games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Come find us. Come say hi. Come steal all of our swag. We would love... We'd be thrilled to meet any of you that are there. Other than that, we have a couple of events planned for this spring, but this will be our last one, I think, for the year. And then check us out on Facebook, Twitter. If you can go to iTunes, give us a review, give us a star rating, that would be super helpful. It only takes a couple minutes, and it makes our podcast much more noticeable in the podcasting community at large. Again, we don't have any way of asking for money. We're not asking for money. We're not asking for Patreon support or anything like that. All we ask is that you rate our show and share us with your friends, and that's enough for us. Thank you, guys. We have definitely seen a lot of growth. We are right at about... Not quite, but getting very close to our one year. It has been very interesting, and we appreciate all of you who are listening. And again, feel free to holler at us if you are at the convention. If you think we are bad at articulating our words on here, I promise you it's even worse when you meet us face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we would be happy to meet you and uh, give you some stickers, shirts, whatever it is that we bring with us. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for this week, so we will see you next time. See ya. See ya.